So what are what our what are our heh boy? Maybe I just had a little heat stroke. <laughs> what are our stories? What are they? What were the stories of the flood that you experienced? What are those stories that you went through? For some of us, we went through some stories that are different than others. I know for our family, we left because our family experienced a loss. And because of that loss, we left for Chicago. And I remember as we flew in on Friday, we just came back on this Friday, that I almost, I, don't, I haven't even shared this with my wife, but I almost lost it when I saw Victor. I do love you, buddy. <laughs> because we realized how much we missed you and how much the Lord had put gladness in my heart that I got to see one of you as he picked us up. And we knew that it, a lot of the water had receded and that we didn't get to experience some of the fear that some of you did. Perhaps we didn't experience the loss, but the words the Lord kept on telling me as we came into Houston was, I spared you so that you could serve. And so in our Oikos family, it's not a big family, right? Sometimes it seems like a big family with all the complications that we have with relationships with one another. But in our little family, we know of about five people that were affected directly by the flooding. And we are working to make sure that, that, that the Lord's representation in their life would be known. And so the first thing that we set out to do is to really listen to where he was calling us to serve. Because there are multitudes of ways to serve, and it's going to be tiring. And in the weeks to come, life still goes on. This morning, we give a prayer of comfort to Dolores and Ken because Dolores lost her uncle this morning. Life goes on even in the midst of tragedy. And as people, I, get, I thank the Lord that that noise just came on. And as we continue to move forward as a family, Satan will look for the small things. He'll look for not having air conditioning this morning, but I feel it. Just, it'll come. I'm a little higher. <laughs> he will look for ways to pick at you so that you forget who God is. If you lost everything, he's going to tell you that where was your God? If you didn't lose anything, he's going to pick at you and say, you should really feel guilty. If you rest, he's going to say, you're not doing enough. But I'm here to tell you as your leader, I want us to be here for the long term. I want you to have a balanced life as you go out and surf. So in those moments that your kids are crying because you've been away for too long, please go home. Please don't make them wonder where their parents are because you're out serving. Go home. In those moments when you can serve with your kids, do that. 
in those moments when you go, I think it's time to just go home and play, go play. We're here to serve. We're here to be balanced. We're here to help. But the help is not going to go away a week from now. And too often people get caught up in the task. And when we talk about the five capitals, we say that the spiritual capital is the most important. The financial capital is way down here, right? Money is, as many of you know, can come easily and it can go out easily. So as we go and serve, do not forget... As a member of God's family, we represent Him. We can give everything that is perishable, but if we forget the imperishable, the, the representation that Jesus is here in His flesh, and we forget to pray with those who we're serving, if we forget to tell them we're here because of Jesus, if we forget that it is not what we do that make our identity of who we are, our identity helps us to go do what God is calling us to do. Our identity that we are his children, and so we love one another. Don't go and try to represent something that's not Jesus. Because it'll just be, it's a perishable thing. We can restore a thousand homes. And if Jesus isn't in it, those homes are perishable. If Jesus is in it and he makes space to actually work on the spiritual needs of the people who are there, there's restoration. Because I'll tell you, the needs of Houston were all there. The flood just simply unveiled the desperation that we have for a God who loves us. This morning, I'm going to quickly, don't worry, I'm going to quickly share. I promise. Words from the Lord that I love. This is one of my favorite chap chapters in the Bible. The first time I read it was the first time I read through the entirety of the Bible because before that time, I always looked at the Old Testament and thought, I'm never going to read that thing. I really did. I just was like, they can read it in the morning readings when we go to church, but other than that, I'm not going to get through the Old Testament. And when I came across Isaiah chapter 43... It became one of my favorite chapters, and I was an art student at the time, and so I made even pieces of art that correlated with this because I thought it was beautiful. It starts out like this. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine when you go through the deep waters. I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours. As you are precious to me, you are honored, and I love you. 
quickly, do not be afraid. The Lord says through the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 4, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. May we experience that perfect love today. That's why we're all here, right? To be reminded, to be reassured, to be encouraged that Jesus loves you, so much so that he gave his life for you. I have called you by name, you are mine. That is our identity. And everywhere we go, we get to represent that. We are children of the God and of the God most high, who gave everything so that we could actually say, we are his children. I will be with you. No matter where you go, I am with you. And I love this part. You are honored. Maybe you don't feel honored today. Maybe it doesn't look like you're honored. Maybe you feel like you're too honored. But God says, you are honored. And I love you. One of the things I experienced during this funeral that we got to participate in in Chicago is the power behind the words, I love you. We sometimes say it flippantly, but when you pause and you look at someone in their eyes and you say, I love you, something happens here. And we know we only love because he first loved us. So may we be a community and a family that goes out that we are loved. And because we are loved, we will love. He continues, do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols have ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify what they spoke, that they spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone our God. There's no other God. There's never been and never will be. I, yes, I, the Lord, and there's no other Savior. Again, do not be afraid, for I am with you, and I will gather you. I hope as we go out and serve that we do not do it by ourselves. that we allow the Lord to gather an army to go out and serve with us. Even if it's just two, remember the Lord said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be with you. 
So grab someone as you go and serve. He says, you have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. Powerful words, no matter what we face. He finishes out the chapter with these two verses. First, I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. He's got us. In Isaiah chapter 40, it talks about him gathering us close to his heart. At the funeral that we attended, the man who presided over the funeral, he said, this is the way God hugs us. It's described in Isaiah chapter 40, gathering us close to his heart. So if you feel far away from Jesus or you feel that he has left you, remember these words that he is gathering you close to his heart and no one can snatch you out of that hand. No one can tell you you're not saved. No one can tell you that you're not a child of the most high God. No one can tell you that you are not saved because in the end, he says, no one can undo what I have done. That's the hope that we have. That no matter what we've done, no matter how much we've worked against his salvation, no one can undo what he's done. Jesus did it. No one can reverse it. No one can reverse it. Jesus died and then he rose again, which means what Jesus has done is true for us. It can't be reversed. So we get to step out in that hope. This morning, as I conclude, we're going to have a time for us to share briefly. We may have more people that want to share, and I may cut you off because it's really warm in here. And if we want to continue sharing our stories, we will try to get them on video just like we've done for so many of you that have seen transformation in your life as we share our story. And it'll be probably good that we get to hear these stories of what you saw that as Harvey in the darkness of a hurricane came upon Houston, that the light of God was not extinguished and that you saw hope. And we'll get to share that throughout this year. But this morning, I do want to make space for those of you that you feel compelled this morning that you want to share a story of hope that you witnessed. As a church, one of the things that we want to do is that we have looked through what we have available so that if you give specifically to those who have been hit with the storm of Harvey, that we would match dollar for dollar. And 100% of those funds would go directly to those who are affected. If we end up not needing all that for those that we are personally working with, then we will give those extra dollars 
to an organization that is still working with those who are affected with Harvey. So we have gathered up about $18,000. And for a small little church, I give thanks to God that we found it. So let's give thanks that we found $18,000. That $18,000 comes from our dedication that we give 10% away. And we just happen to not write the checks yet. And so 15000 is part of that. We found another 3000 because I want to be fully transparent where this is coming from. This isn't like Oikos is just in a surplus. <laughs> but the Lord has blessed us. So if you give above what you would normally give, we will match every dollar. You can go onto the website. You'll find that there is a fund. If you donate online, you'll be able to choose Harvey Relief or Harvey Fund. I don't know. You'll, Harvey will be somewhere in there. And you can dedicate it that way. If you write a check, you can put it in the memo and say, I would like this go, or just Harvey Fund. And we'll make sure it's allocated to that. And we will match all of those dollars to make sure that we hopefully will end up with 36000 to give away to those who need it. We will concentrate first on the family of Oikos because I believe that we need to be ready to serve. So if you have a house that's flooded, it's very difficult to go out and help others. So we will help those who are here first so that they can go serve. Then we will help those that we're connected to. So we've got sister churches in the area. Pilgrim Lutheran and Christ Memorial were hit pretty hard. We are already working with them. In fact, I think there's a group of people that will be cooking some food for them so that they can eat it later, right after worship. If you want to help out with that, I don't know how much help they need, but I'm going to tell you to talk to you Frank, just go ahead and stand up. Jason was coordinating this, but I'm going to say that you're the chef, and I have never eaten anything that Jason has cooked. So, I, not on purpose, I just don't think he's ever cooked for me. So, Frank, talk to him, because he's probably going to know the best way to go about this in the kitchen, if you want to help, and he'll be able to tell you, just get out of here. <laughs> You're not really helping. And that's just another word of peace for you that sometimes you may be more hindrance than help. And if someone says, you know what, this isn't your gift, that's okay. That's okay. Because there's other things for you to do. Sometimes just being there and standing alongside of someone who has been hurt is the most important thing to do. At this time, does anyone have a story and I'm going to say a brief story. You don't have to give us all the details of hope that you'd like to share. If you do, just raise your hand. It is getting cooler. You have a hope? You got a story? Okay, 
Again, this is unedited, so let's go. Um, Hold it right here, buddy. Here, Lewis. <laughs> Hold it right there. I hope that everybody gets safe. Awesome. If you didn't get that, he hopes that everyone would become safe. Hey, Victor, why don't you help them out, too? Okay. Okay. So, so we... we uh, <clears throat> all the people are behind you. Oh, there you, yeah. oh, there you all are. <laughs> so we, we were able to give a little bit of assistance to uh, Frank's sister, uh, Carmen, and her family. And um, one of the things that kind of blew me away, and I'll, I'll, I'll let Austin or Zach say it, is, but I just, I was just like, what? Because... I've never been in that situation before, but tell them um, how you were, you know, what, what you told me. You said, hey, that, that little boy was without shoes. Tell them what you told me. Uh, he was without shoes for a week. And what? So you were able to give him some shoes. So I gave him some of my shoes. We helped them pick up furniture from their cousins, and we bring it over to their house, and we also helped this man who needed gas. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> there was a guy that was uh, waving his gas can on the Hardy toll road. He ran out of gas. And normally, I wouldn't stop, you know, and, but something just told me, hey, this guy needs help. So we took his gas can and went and got gas and came back and, and gave it to him. But, um, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the kids that were there, they just needed these kids at that moment just to some normalcy, you know, just to play, just to be kids again. Um, Carmen was telling me how af afraid their nine-year-old was when, when all that was happening. So, anyway, I was, I, I was glad to do it. On behalf of my family, the, a lot of them, uh, a couple of our families lost everything. Uh, they are o Oikos members. And to see, I don't know if any of you know, Brenda, everybody knows Brenda, right? <laughs> but um, my aunt, my uncle, my aunt, I mean, to me, she's a strong person, but she's still very fragile uh, with age and everything. And um, they waited and waited for help in the cold water and to see my aunt have to walk to safety about 10 blocks was one of the hardest things I had to see. I saw it on social media, but still it's, but through everything, we were doing prayer chains, you know, uh, help them, help them. And, and they got to safety finally after hours, but to see them have to walk through that cold water, the young people, you know, that's one thing, but the eld older people, you know, it's just, it was very, very hard. And to top that off, Denise, my cousin, which that's her parents, um, her children also, one of her children, five grandchildren lost 
everything too, who got flooded. So it hit her double because her parents lost everything and so did her grand grandkids. So, you know, we've been praying nonstop for them and, and God's answered our prayers. Everybody's safe, everybody's safe and rescued and we all have a big family and, and we're going to help out wherever, but that's just a testimony of God's protection through the storm. Um, I'm not going to stand up because I, I just want you to kind of not look at me, but to just kind of just imagine a little bit. So uh, you have to give me a little grace because this story may be a little bit longer than everyone else's. But uh, So I spent close to 16 hours at George R. Brown on uh, between Monday and Tuesday. Um, first day was about 5,000 people. Second day it grew to about 10,000 people. And uh, most of what I did in that 16 hours was uh, delivering the meals. Uh, the meals were on the third floor of the George R. Brown, um, and they were going to the to the first floor. Uh, we used a freight elevator, um, and they were in hot boxes. If you're not familiar with like a restaurant kitchen or anything like that, hot boxes are as big as this doorway up here, or this doorways on the side, um, and they're really deep. Um, and some of them you can't even move with wheels in one person, so they're really heavy. Um, so when we would bring the hot boxes down. We'd have to go to the freight elevator on one side of the George R. Brown and push it through crowds of people um, through three halls uh, from C to E. And um, all these hot boxes are labeled with the food that was cooked, soup, rice, chicken, whatever, green beans. And uh, to push it through crowds of 10,000 people that are hungry and they see the food um, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little, it's a strange experience. And it was at the last day, it was probably the last hour, everything kind of came full circle. And there was a lot of uncertainty with if there was going to be cooked food that day. And uh, initially me and uh, Roger, um, who is just someone that I met and we worked with each other for that second day. And we delivered two hot boxes of uh, a soup. And we didn't know that there was any more um, left in the kitchen. So we went back up uh, to the chef. And um, there he is. It was one chef and his assistant cooking for the entire George R. Brown. Right? Um, so yeah, it's pretty crazy <laughs> to think about it uh, and, and afterwards. But he's cooking. And so me and Roger helped him as assistant. So he's pulling the soup, pouring it in the, in the pots. We're saran wrapping the top so it doesn't spill, tossing it. It's a four-man crew preparing this food to, I mean, there's other people that help cut and stuff like that. But at this point, it's only the last four. And uh, the lines were probably from here to, I don't know, the middle of the parking lot. People just waiting in line to get food. They didn't know if there was going to be any food left. And uh, most of them were scared. A lot of them, you can see them walking, you know, taking the food to other people, you know, you know, being sacrificing their meals so that someone else can eat. And uh, they were really scared. You could see it on their faces. But when, when uh, Roger and I came down with, this, with the third hot box, um, we, 
pushing it through the crowds and, and everything. And it, it takes about 30 minutes to get up and back down. So, I mean, it's the, people were still waiting quite a while just for more additional food. They, they had no idea what was coming. And after we, after we delivered the food, I kind of just had a moment to process, which those were very rare uh, moments to process, uh, being in there and all that chaos. And the, I could just feel the hope that we have in God, right? Even though we can't see it, God is working, right? These people that are standing in line, they were scared. They don't know what, what tomorrow is going to bring them. Most of them are, are sitting on a cot 24 hours a day every day with no type of distraction, just sitting in their own thoughts. And to deliver a meal to them and bring them some ounce of comfort was really rewarding, but they didn't have hope. So whenever you're out speaking to people who are displaced or if you're, um, you know, you know someone, um, please tell them that everything is going to be okay, um, that God is in control, and that there is hope. And the big thing is we... we these people couldn't see what we were doing in the kitchen with four of us. They, they couldn't see it. If they could, you know, they, they would have been more settled. But that doesn't mean that God's not working. Just because we can't see the things that are going on, he, we can't see the, um, the people making donations that, w that, that some of us are going to receive. We don't see them dropping off and um, holding donation drop-offs and stuff like that. Uh, but there is hope, and things are working behind the scene. We just can't see them. So please encourage people and let them know that even though that you're not able to to see God's work sometimes that he is working um, so that's kind of just what I wanted to share Thanks, Adrian. so I'm going to go ahead and close it down I know that you guys have now that we got started now there's going to be rolling stories of hope but don't lose them Make sure that you hold on to those stories. We'd love to go ahead and get a film crew to go ahead and film that story so that we can record it. So that years from now we can look back and we can see what the Lord was doing. Sometimes you see hope not in what we do, but it just happens because he's at work. So look for those. And in the times that you get to do something because he's led you to do it or because it's just presented before you or you find out that the kitchen is empty and you're there, give thanks that he placed you in that spot at this time to serve. For those of us who didn't lose something, remember those words, you've been spared to serve. Look for those opportunities. And as those of you that lost things, as you get restored, you have been restored to go and serve. We're in this together. We'll stand together because we stand next to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here today. We thank you for simple things like air conditioning, we thank you for houses that are dry. 
We thank you for large families. That though one or two or three homes are affected, there are other homes to go to. We thank you for a church family that cares. Lord, help us not to neglect the life that's going on around us as we focus on the needs. Allow us to be balanced in you, Lord. That we don't neglect turning to you and spending time with you as we go out and serve. As we follow Jesus, his words, his works, and his ways, one of his ways was to retreat to the mountain and spend time with you. May we not neglect that. One of his ways, Lord, was to spend time with his core disciples, reminding them of the love of the Father and how much he loved each of them. Help us as a church family to not neglect gathering together to give thanks for you. And Lord, may we not neglect going out to those who we don't know, but you place in front of us. Open our eyes to see the opportunities that you give for us to meet someone who's new, to encourage them with your words, to Figure out what resources we have to give and to give with abandon. Help us to look at our own lives, Lord, that we can not go out to eat one meal and instead give those dollars away. That we can stop shopping for ourselves for one week and use those dollars for someone else. You've given us resources, Lord. They're in abundance. We have been blessed. So allow us to go and be the blessing. In your name we pray, amen.